Grief is an ocean, waves and waves, and some places you can never touch the bottom of it. You're listening to Falling Into Soul. I'm your host, McCall Erickson. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 11, Grief and the Soul. Being a lifelong student of inner healing and alchemy, as well as life itself, has made me well-versed in grief. Grief accompanies us on the soul journey. It's a traveling companion. But why? Why is grief such a huge part of soul work? Why does grief go on and on and never fully resolve itself sometimes? And how can we work with that on the path of soul? I want to talk about this in this episode. I want to talk about why grief is something that never goes away and how experiencing grief is actually an indication that you are connecting with your soul. To do the work of the soul is to have a lifelong relationship with grief for a few reasons. First, the soul is the eternal part of us that is in direct relationship with life. If you've listened to a few of these episodes, you know I say this a lot. I'm trying to drive it home. The soul is the part of us that goes through the life and death processes of life, dives right into them, into the depths, into the mess and the gravity of being human. Unlike the spirit, which is the eternal part of us that is a little bit lighter, has a harder time incarnating in the flesh without a partnership with the soul. I talked about this in episode 5, so I'm not going to go into it much here, but the soul dives into the ocean while the spirit flies high in the sky. Both are essential parts of us and need each other to do what the other has a harder time doing. But as for the soul, the soul incarnates as human pretty willingly. The soul is a glutton for the gravity and experience of life. Therefore, the soul experiences life as it happens, which means the soul can take a beating. The soul can be wounded. The soul is subjected to healing experiences. So if we want to connect with the soul... When we've been disconnected from it, it means we can start experiencing a lot of emotions that have been locked away, grief that has been formerly locked away. Sometimes we can't get to our grief right away. We lock it up. We store it in our bodies and our souls until we can get to it. This is how we survive. And even when we do get to it, there are waves of it, layers of it. Once again, the spirals, sacred geometry of the soul. This is why, in order to really move forward and get traction sometimes, we can't do that unless we heal the soul. That's why the soul feels like it's pulling us back sometimes. It will take us back to those unhealed places. It will hold us to healing cycles, natural cycles of healing that we have to see through in order to repair those wounded places in the soul. If we want to connect to the soul and bring the soul with us every step of the way, we will be held to grief processes, to processes that are slow, like nature, like winter, like the ground going fallow, like seasons and tides. If we're going to be true to the soul, listen to it and incorporate it in everyday living, we will be held to feeling deeper emotions. Often the more we are unsure of where an emotion is even coming from, the more we know it has something to do with the soul. 
Because the soul is the part of us that merges with the mystery. It's the unconscious and we continually make it conscious as we go, which is another thing I'm always saying. So another reason soul involves a lot of grief work is that when we are in the processes of alchemy, we have to remember that the processes serve one thing, and that's to wear away everything in us that is non-essential so we can know what our essence is, which in essence our essence is soul and spirit energy. Anything that would get in the way of those two working together has to be worn away through alchemy. This is really hard on the immediate human because the things that wear away are our illusions, our mental structures, our beliefs, our faith in things, structures for living, ideals, dreams. It can be really difficult to come to terms with losing those things on the path of the soul. Those things are very real to our immediate human self. Getting down to and living from the core that you are means first facing and losing everything you are not. And some of these things are so deeply loved and held within us, they help us live. They're hard things to lose. I call these the invisible losses because they can't really be measured on the outside. And the grief process is not measured by how catastrophic something appears on the outside, but how deeply the loss touches us on the inside. Invisible losses are real to the soul. Invisible losses are real to the soul. In alchemy, we endure what is called the fire in the soul, which is the secret fire that burns within. It burns in our psyche. It burns down all our structures and illusions and identities. There were so many times when I was going through inner transformation that I could not explain to anyone in my outside world why I felt so horrible because the losses I was experiencing were on the inside. It's easier to identify the losses we're going through when they are on the outside, but that's not how it always works with alchemy. A lot of them are on the inside. So as we are constantly being worn down by the alchemical fire and the flood and all of the processes, we are continually coming into contact with the soul. We have to continually let go of things in order to do that. This is why soul alignment almost always requires some sort of grieving because it's almost always not what we would have consciously guessed it to be. I talked about this in the episode about soul alignment and how to recognize it. Sometimes it's not the thing that feels the best to our immediate human selves. We can have our ideas of things. We have our deep longings and we have ideas about what that would mean for them to be met, but they're not always met. And instead, what we have to do is meet life as it is which is what keeps the soul supple and healthy, meeting life as it is. If we can't meet life as it is, that's a good sign we're in need of some soul healing. We're always going to be giving up our ideas of things, our expired truths about things in order to keep the soul aligned and fresh. It's the thing we hear all the mystics throughout time urge us to do, giving up who we've been for who we might become. That's an ongoing thing, ongoing. So as much good and richness and beauty that comes from soul work, a lot of grief comes from it too. 
And as we do the alchemy, as we do the work, we expand and build muscle to hold both our gratitude and our grief, to hold the experience of beauty and the experience of loss side by side. They're all mixed together in our human heart. There's always something to be glad about, but there's always something to be sad about too. And one of the amazing things about alchemy, going through the processes and seeing them through, is we build that alchemical metabolism and the ability to hold more paradoxes, more conflicting things in our hearts. We gain the ability to go through grief processes in the moment. We don't always have to store the grief in our bodies for another time. We can address it and feel it as is. When we're working with the Philosopher's Stone, by the time we are working with that stone, we've already cleared the way so we can grieve in the moment, go through the process in the moment, and we don't have to store it up for a later date or time. As long as we are living and loving, we're going to be doing some grieving. There's a lot of grief involved when you are real with yourself. There's a lot of grief involved when you meet life as it is. Versus how you thought it would be, or wanted it to be, or worked so hard for it to be. There's a lot of grief involved when we are real about the nature of life, human life, the tragedy involved in it, the fact that we are all moving toward a certain death, that everything and everyone you love is already gone sometime in the future, and what you love is disappearing even as you hold it. To love in the face of this loss is true courage. To love in the face of inevitable loss is true courage. And every human loves in the face of loss because life and loss are a package deal. I'm thinking of the line from To Kill a Mockingbird when Atticus says, Courage is when you know you're licked before you begin, but you begin anyway and you see it through no matter what. Courage is when you know you're licked before you begin, but you begin anyway. And you see it through, no matter what. I'm going to conclude this episode by reading a piece I wrote on grief in 2013. It's called Made of Grief. It's been published in many places, including Rebel Society and the book Guided by Grief, written by my friend Lisa Bovey, who wrote about the story of losing her young son in a car accident. And I know grief comes on strong for many people around the holidays, around this time of year. And I'm always thinking about the grievers this time of year for what we've loved and lost and for the love that never goes away no matter what we've lost. The hallmark of the human life is loss, it seems, and the body a vessel for grief. This is not an if, but a when. When is that loss going to hit? And then it's how. How do you carry it? all that grief. And don't even ask why. Why is not a question that grief ever answers. I only know this because I have my own grief. And I'm not really looking for more, but it keeps coming anyway. And it makes me feel like I'm getting nowhere sometimes, and yet closer to something at the same time. Maybe that's because loss doesn't just take, it gives too, like a trade. Like, I'm going to take this from you, but give you this instead. More space, cleansing tears, better questions, compassion, pathways to the center. 
maps to deeper wells, less distractions, blankets of darkness, pools of light under your skin where your beloved touched you but will never touch you again, holes in your heart that nothing but pure love can fill. And then go. Go into the world and carry these things the best you can. Let them move around and make love messes and surprise you in the mass of bone and blood and skin vessel that you are. Grocery shop with them. Chop vegetables with them. Go to parties and smile at people with them. Be yourself. Only different now, with all that grief. I saw one day a woman playing on the beach with her dog. I noticed the way she stopped and looked at the ocean and folded her arms across herself. I saw her grief then. The way she carried it in her core tucked away so people might not notice. But then it snuck up on her, like the ocean was pulling it out of her, and she sat with it for a moment, bowed her head, maybe feeling like it was going to shatter her into a thousand grains of sand before she caught herself and tried to shake it off. But grief isn't like that. You can't just shake it off. It doesn't ever really leave. It just changes, and it changes you. It shapes you, your stance, your stride, your ways of loving and being and moving in the world, the things you do and don't care about anymore. And there you are 20 years later, sitting in your car outside the supermarket, and all at once you're paralyzed and can't go in because a song just came on the radio that reminds you of the person you loved and lost. And the grief you thought you'd already felt just rises up like an ocean in you, pummels your heart with waves and pours out your eyeballs like storm water. And you think, All this fucking time and I still feel this grief and your body is saying yes. Yes, you do. You wonder what the point is then. You wonder if you could find a way to drain those grief waters out of you for good. Only if you could take the air out of the sky and the carbon out of the stars and the forest out of the trees. You see, we are made of grief and we are meant to be. It means we're here. It means we're alive, even though it can make you feel like you wish you weren't sometimes. It means we've risked. It means we've loved and lost and risen and fallen. It means we've been unlocked and held open despite ourselves. And I can't think of many better reasons than that for being human. Thank you for listening. This is the last episode of 2020. I'll be back after the new year, but I wanted to thank you all so much who have been listening. It means so much that my work has been touching you. I've always said that my work is not for everybody, but it's totally the thing for people it's the thing for. And even if it's not all totally for you, if you get anything out of it, I'm truly grateful. Thank you to those of you who have been donating and sustaining this work. Thank you for your messages. Thank you for supporting in any way that feels good to you. You can always find more of my work at McCallErickson.com. Until next time, be well in soul.